So the big question is this, how do you go from entrepreneur to entrepreneur? How do you find your definite major purpose in life and break through your limitations to achieve the life that you want to empower and inspire others? That is the question, and whatever stage you are at on your career journey, this podcast will give you the answers. My name is David Bell, and welcome to Pocket Mastermind. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Pocket Mastermind podcast. Uh, I'm going to ask a question. Have you ever wondered what it would be like uh, to take a company from early stage startup all the way through to, to exit or IPO? Um, and perhaps you're a, a founder of a beginning, uh, you know, starting that journey right now. Uh, well, to my guest today uh, is Lomit Patel, and he has been on this journey uh, more than once. Uh, and so he's going to share his experience uh, of going on that journey uh, and give you some tips and advice around what you can do to uh, increase your chances of, of growing to that point uh, and, and anything that might be useful for to give you a head start on that journey. So uh, Lomit is currently uh, the Vice President of InView uh, and he's a startup advisor uh, and also author of the best-selling book uh, Lean AI, uh, how innovative startups use artificial intelligence to grow. So perfectly poised for this conversation. Uh, Lomit, welcome to the Pocket Mastermind podcast. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, no, welcome, welcome. Um, so we, before we started recording, we are just saying that you are uh, originally from these fair shores, but moved over to San Francisco quite some time ago. So let's start with that journey, uh, how did you end up in San Francisco and how did you become kind of Mr. Startup? Because <laughs> you've, you've done this a few times. Uh, and then we'll get into some of the some of the detail around, you know, the mechanics of, 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 of growth. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, so I pretty much grew up in, 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 in London for the most part of my formative years. Um, and uh, I pretty, you know, I moved over to like the States in, in, in the late, 90s uh for business school and and what motivated me to sort of move out here was when i graduated you know i you know i loved marketing and you know i was uh you know i was working for a couple of years and primarily a lot of the marketing that i was doing back in england at the time was all around like offline direct mail print uh, radio advertising and and but the thing that really fascinated me at the time was there was a lot of this stuff that was starting to come up in, in, in America around uh, online and internet marketing. So there's a lot of these like dot-com companies that were coming up like yahoo.com, AOL. And, you know, that sort of fascinated me because I wanted to be a part of that action. And, and I knew none of that at the time was happening in England. So the best way to, to sort of learn about it was to sort of move over to the States, which was what originally took me over. So I you know, came over as a student, uh, Kind of did my like like MBA in marketing here, and 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 generally like when you come over as a student, then then they sort of give you a visa, right? You can kind of you know get a company to sort of sponsor you, and and for me, you know that was the opportunity. Like you know, once I came over, you know, I initially sort of worked in Chicago for like four or five years um, at an internet company, uh, but but 
just like anything, you know, if you want to be an actor, you need to figure out your way to get to Hollywood. If you want to be in startups, you know, figure out a way to get to San Francisco. And so, you know, so what I would say is, you know, like growing up, like in England, it wasn't like I was talking about, hey, I want to be in San Francisco. None of those plans were like manifesting themselves. The plan that was manifesting was I was really into tech from a young age. You know, I was, I was, I was kind of, you know, the kid that loved to like, you know, mm. check out different devices and, 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 and learn about new stuff. And, uh, and, and, and what I came to realize was, you know, a lot of these things actually start off as, as startup companies, you know, cause, cause, cause it's not like these companies are big, you know, like Apple and Microsoft. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of these were like startups and, and generally, you know, if, if, if you, if you, get to San Francisco, there's a lot of these companies out here and, and, and they're always hiring, you know, for, for new, new, new people. Cause, cause ultimately, you know, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of investment that happens out here with venture capitals lists. And, and so, you know, uh, and, and, and what fascinated me about startups is, is, is the fact, well, one or two things, but primarily it's that, you know, if you join a company early enough, you get to learn so much stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because, because it's like, it, it's kind of, it's kind of the, the wild, wild west of like throwing as much of things against the wall and figuring out what's going to stick. Right. And, and, and so, you know, for me, you know, you know, that was, that, that was that. And, and, and the second part of it was, you know, you know, with risk and reward, because ultimately it, you know, the chances of any startup succeeding are really small. It's like, you know, 95% failure, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, 5% will make it. But so what I tried to do was change my mindset around that, which was, you know, if, you know, ultimately, you know, you want to work hard and, 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 and hopefully be one of those 5% that make it. But even if you don't, you know, the way I looked at it was, what can I learn in the process? Because this, you know, the, the experience that I could get working in, in any one of these startups will be more profound than going to work for a big company, because ultimately, I'll just be siloed into a certain mm-hmm. team or department. And, and then on top of that, you know, uh, the other thing with, with any startup, you know, most startups, are, you know, the ones that survive, are the ones that end up coming up with a great product or service that's going to disrupt kind of what already out there, right? Because because ultimately, if you can't come up with anything that's different and better, and generally it's going to be at least you know ten or a hundred times better, you know, no, there's no reason for anybody to like you know you know stop doing what they're doing and, and adopt this new new thing that you're coming up with, and so you know. So I would say it's basically, you know, it, it was the learning thing that really fascinated me. You know, the the risk was, and the risk and reward, obviously, you know, is great because, because, cause you know, if you work hard, you know, there could be some kind of payoff at, mm-hmm. at, at the end. But, but, I'll, but the most important thing was, you know, and, 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 you know, I didn't really think about this, obviously, when I was younger, but, but, but building a network is so important. And, and if, and when you get into companies really early on, I mean, you could be working shoulders to shoulders with like folks like, you know, um, Elon Musk, they, you know, mm-hmm. most people know now, but, but, you know, I mean, I mean, a lot, but, but the idea is you get, you, you come across a lot yeah. of these people that people kind of look up to now, but, but the reality is you kind of start seeing them as, as, as people and humans and, 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 and it, and it makes a big, big, big change because, because ultimately, you know, you know, most of the early teams at startups are a lot of smart people because, because it takes, you know, it, it's like, you know, bu- bu- building, you know, um, 
I'm a big like football fan, you know, I mean, Liverpool won the championship this year. So I'm really happy because it's taken over 30 years. But the idea is, you know, in order to win a championship, you know, you got to get the right mix of players in place. And, and the same thing goes with building a business. You got to have the right characters in place, right? Because not everybody can be a superstar, but you got to have people that specialize in different areas and, and, and have the chemistry where, where it all comes together. And, and that must be hard. That must be the that must be one of the most challenging things at start because yeah. you, I think a lot of people that are attracted to the startup world tend to want to be superstars, right? So you, there's, <laughs> ego clashes must be one of the challenges of, of early stage startup, right? It it is, and 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 so generally, what I've found is you know the ones that end up becoming, or at least the ones that I've been part of that ended up you know, you know, as you defined as an exit over here is, is kind of like, you know, uh, you know, kind of the payday, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It's like when a company gets acquired or, or they're not growing IPO, but the ones that kind of make it to that are usually the ones that keep their egos in check. Cause, cause, cause otherwise it, it becomes more about any one individual rather than team. And, and that's when things kind of get off, off track, you know, because, because ultimately you're trying to manage people versus managing the business <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah. it fascinates me is that it, it, it's it's how do they and some of one of the things i think i see from watching um some startups is i think some try to go too fast too soon over leverage and I, somehow they manage to attract, attract huge amounts of vc and then aren't able to deliver and there's been a kind of i think been a lot of lot of that in Silicon Valley for the last few years, right? There seems to be a undertone of unrest with VC now that they're not getting the returns that they they were hoping to get, and, and it, it'd be interesting to get your take on living there and what your experience is of that. Yeah, you know, uh, the, the truth is the economies have been pretty good here for for a while, you know, and 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 generally what happens, you know, you know, I've I've actually lived through a couple of like recessions, so I know, you know everything doesn't always go up you know yeah. but but the truth is you know you know vcs ultimately are taking bets right on 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 different companies and they know like one in ten is going to work out but 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 the idea is you can't just sit on money you know because money just sitting on money doesn't like you know uh, doesn't get your payback right but and so generally what what's been happening is you know uh you know, you know, it's, it's like a blessing and a curse to take money, right? Cause, cause the more money you take, that means your value to business at a higher value. And that means, you know, ultimately to get to the end, you have to be so much bigger, right? Cause or else, you know, the VCs aren't going to get the return they're looking for. Yeah. And, and so, so what I, so what I would say is, you know, generally, you know, um, what's been happening at least in the last, like, four or five years is generally the way companies used to sort of, you know, um, end up like going IPO or getting acquired was because it was harder to raise money to get super big. And so you had to do some kind of exit event to try and, you know, get to access to, to, to more capital to ultimately become like a, a unicorn, what they call unicorns here, like companies that are like, you know, generating over a billion dollars or more in revenue. But what, but the sea shift has been that more companies have been holding back from, from doing those types of exits because they've been pumped up with a lot more capital because mm -hmm. there's been a lot more capital that's flowing around because 
because ultimately a lot of this capital ends up coming from different institutions, right? Because it's 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 it, it it's when 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 money's more freely available, you know, there's no point keeping it in the bank. So just like most people, you either put it in the stock market or you or you give it to these VCs who create these different funds. In and 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 the, the idea is with these funds, they usually have like a like a seven to ten year uh, time frame. Uh, where, where they invest it. And so generally a lot of these funds were coming up, you know, that were getting pumped up with money. And, and so a lot of that was ended up going into a lot of tech companies. And, 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 and the downside of that is that, you know, more tech companies were delaying to go IPO because ultimately, you know, you, it wasn't that same motivation that you needed to go IPO early. And so then by the time they were waiting to finally go, you know, what people came to realize is that, which should be a shocker that most of these guys weren't making any money, right? I mean, business 101 is, you know, it, it, it you could be making a, you know, a billion dollars in revenue, but if you, if you're spending over a billion dollars to get, you, you know, going backwards, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean your, your, your local, like, you know, uh, uh, neighborhood stores probably making more profit than these guys, right? <laughs> but, but, it's nuts. It's nuts. And, it's and so, similar to the, the dot-com bubble, it, right? But that's yeah. what, exactly what happened when people, companies yeah. like uh, Yahoo were, I don't know, were they 1500 PE or something ridiculous at one point? <laughs> it's like yeah, somebody yeah. at some point, you've got to look and say, where's the valuation versus what the intrinsic value of the business? There has yeah. to be some kind of tallying up somewhere along the line. Otherwise, there's going to be no return. That's right. You know, so, so I would say, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, the truth is it, it, it's, it's, it's between, you know, some form of reality and then some form of like fantasy. Right. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and ultimately, I mean, I mean, what, what I've come to realize is that your business is really worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for it at the end of the day. And, and, and yeah, you know, when things, things are going great, you know, you know, you know, everything looks more shiny than it is. And then, and then when things start to go a little bit, you know, haywire, like it is now, then people start going back to basics, like, Oh, by the way, so what is your real profitability? You know, how much does it really cost to, to acquire customers? How much does it cost to, 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 keep the lights on, so to speak. Right. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you know, generally, you know, the mantra here is, is to grow fast. Right. And, 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 and that really stems from the fact that, you know, most VCs want to get their money back within like five to seven years. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's like, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, an example is like, you know, a business is like having a baby, right? I mean, generally you kind of go, you know, through elementary school, middle, uh, you know, middle school and and high school, but, but here you don't have that many years to get to, to let it mature up to, 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 to get, get to high school. You literally are born before you can even crawl. You got to start, you know, (laughs) running (laughs) and and, and before you could even run, you got to start winning that race. Cause if you don't win in the race by then, you know, so many people bet, uh, betted on that baby to become, you know, uh, uh, not only a high school, but, but go to university and, 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 and graduate, you know, within a span of like five years, which as you know, humanly is uh, isn't really possible unless you take a lot of risks and so that and so that's what ends up happening you know people 
you know, uh, and, and that's my role actually in startups, uh, which, which is what I love doing. You know, I, you know, I ended up specializing in the area around, you know, customer acquisition, retention and monetization primarily because, you know, when you, when you join companies early, you know, once you have a product, you know, that's like getting a ticket to get into the game, but, but, mm. but having a great product, you know, it doesn't mean that anybody knows about it or people are going to come and use it. So that's where, you know, uh, somebody like, you know, um, like, you know, uh, my role of, of heading up growth is, is pretty much like growth marketing, but, but it's kind of a new term where instead of, you know, in marketing, you kind of focused on certain parts of like the customer funnel here, you focus on the entire customer funnel from, you know, how do you acquire customers? And then, you know, how, how do you engage? How do you retain those customers? And then, you know, quickly try to figure out how you're going to monetize and what's the business model on how you can make money. And so, you know, the, the fun part of my job is basically you get to sort of sit in the front seat of this like crazy high speed train and, and you're literally like, you know, sitting right there with the founder because he's kind of looking at you and say, are we going to make a left here or are we going to make a right here? You know, because every day you kind of make decisions on, you know, how, how are you going to get the business closer to, 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 to the final destination which is going to please the investors, right? And 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 the idea is ideally to get there by spending the least amount of money. So then you have to you don't have to keep raising money. But 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 the truth is, you know, you always have to sort of raise strategically at certain intervals in that journey. Primarily because what happens is once you start doing something that's working, then more people start to find out about it. Then you start getting all these like, you know, me too's in competitors, pseudo competitors coming into the marketplace. Then it becomes like, oh shoot, you got to start looking over your back. Like, hold on, where did they come from? Oh, forget them. I mean, then you start getting all these companies that already have deep pockets that try to like copy you too, right? So that's a challenge. It's It's like, then you get attacked from everywhere, right? (laughs) Everybody's like, like around you is like trying to, like you know then it's like smoke and mirrors like like who's the real deal out of these guys right because because ultimately what what happens it you know when there's more choices it causes more confusion right to to the end consumer that's true and and and, but but the fun part about you know um you know you know being in the startup and, and then being in this role is that you know, ultimately, you know, you have a pretty good, good idea of if, if the train's actually going to make it to that final destination or not, or if it's time to kind of get off the train, so to speak, right? <laughs> and, and that's the benefit of not being that's a, a founder. <laughs> that's right. That's a, that's a benefit because, you know, with the founder, you, you basically have got the seatbelt on, but it ain't coming off, right? <laughs> you, 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 you stayed to the end because, you know what, I mean, you uh, you signed all those documents and gave, gave, gave it traded your life in exchange for the money, right? So true, yeah. And that's, yeah. A, and that's I think, you know, when people look at startups um, as to whether that's kind of a career path, um, and you know, some people take the larger organization as a safer bet. And I think what you just talked about there being in a much smaller uh, environment with lots of smart people, not being yeah. pigeonholed and ultimately not taking as much risk. Yes. There's a chance that the a very high probability that the, the business you go into may not succeed, but it may survive the next one, two or three years. And you can learn a shitload in that one, two or three yeah. years. 
that will set you up to move on to the next one and and like you just said you're not really you're not carrying the real risk um as much as like someone as maybe the founder would be because it's their their baby their thing and i think it's worth considering for you know obviously there's loads of founders out there that we wanting to do this kind of thing but other people that want to go and you know really up their skill set startups are a great breeding ground for that stuff right yeah you know um yeah yeah basically a startup is like you know going going to work for um like I'm just thinking, I'm just making up a name. Maybe people could could relate to. It's you know, it's like working for Richard Branson when you first started Virgin. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously, if you if you stayed through that ride, you would have done well. But even if you did, you would have learned a ton amount yeah. just by just being around Sir Richard Branson, right? Just for a couple of years. How many people get access to people like that outside of like you know, if you get to work with them? And you see, yeah. you know, a lot of people that go and work for people like that yeah. who were there in the early stages or worked for Apple in the early stages or whatever, yeah. then go on to become founders of their own startup somewhere else yeah. because they gained so much knowledge. And I think it's very hard to go into that world, particularly as a, as a budding founder, without having grown up in that area in some way. You know, for me that spent a lot of time in corporate, it'd be, I'd love to, you know, I, I kind of wish I'd gone down the startup route when yeah. I was younger, because then I kind of saw it and thought, hey, that looks like way more fun than this big corporate machine. <laughs> um, but then I think, you know, if you then go and try and go into a into startup founder mode, having gone from corporate, it's like, shit, where's, all the, where's the safety net gone? <laughs> so how do, you, how do you survive that kind of transition? You know, um, uh, one way, to, one way to, 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 to increase your odds as a founder is, is is to try and maybe bring in another co-founder for the right. ride. You know, generally what I've found is, you know, you, now having two versus one, because it, it, it is very challenging, you know, just just having all of that pressure on your shoulder. And so ideally, you know, um, the type of teams of founders and co-founders that do well out here is, is one generally has the business acumen and the other one has the technology acumen, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, I mean, a good example is, is Apple, you know, yes, when it was Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, right. But, but that's generally become the model where a lot of teams kind of do that. And, 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 and then the other thing is, you know, I, I mean, to try and increase your odds is ideally, you, you know, you're working in, in some of these like companies before, and so you sort of build up a network. So you ideally have an idea like, hey, if I'm going to start a business, you know, I'd love to kind of work with, you know, let's say, you know, John Smith, because, you know, he was great at this. And so, you know, you know, because ultimately it's about building a team, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so, you know, if you worked for a couple of years, then you've got to know more people, right? And so then you can cherry pick a few people, ideally, who will be as excited about this new venture as you are. And and then the other part about being early and, and worked at some of some of these other companies with some some other founders and and and, and CEOs is is ultimately that you know you know a lot of you know you know ideally if some of them have done well, they'll probably end up becoming one of your seed investors because mm -hmm. you know. Uh, you know, because because they want to kind of you know 
give back to the people that were loyal to them. And, 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 and then the investors that were in the original business, and I found this, you know, I mean, I mean, I've ended up building a network, but primarily it's come from doing well in one company and then just being approached for some of these other opportunities, as well as the investors that, that I got to know are always going to continue to invest in other ventures. And and then, and, and people are going to kind of remember you or remember other people that, you know, that were part of you know, their previous successes. And, 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 and so it kind of becomes a bit of a incestuous world, unfortunately, but it's like, you got to, you got to get in initially, right. Mm-hmm. Whether it works out or not, because as long as you've done your part to try and help it succeed, people are always going to remember that. Right. But if you were the person that was just sitting in the back seat and didn't want to get up and, you know, get off your ass and do anything, then people are going to remember that too. You know, but, 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 you know, I would say as founders, you know, having a co-founder is really good. You know, also try, you know, trying to have the, you know, have the right VC investor join, you know, be part of that because, because what people don't realize is, you know, with VCs, it isn't a matter of just bringing the money because that's nice. You want the money, but it's but it's their network and connections too. Because mm-hmm. generally, what you find is it uh, VCs specialize in certain niches. Like some might just work in like business to consumer apps, or some might work in gaming. Some might work in business to business. But but because they've done that for so many years, they've they've got a they've got they've built up a network. Of, of helping to find you the right people to join your venture, helping to find the right strategic partnerships that, that could kind of help you fast forward, you know, three or four years in, in months because they can make those introductions. So, you know, it's, it's all of those things that, you know, that, that are important too. And, and then, you know, you know, whether people admit it or not, I mean, I mean, there is an element of luck. But, but you, it's probably not luck, but it's a matter of like, you know, striking when the iron's hot, so to speak. Not missing opportunities. Not missing opportunities. And, um, and the reality is, you know, uh, one thing there is, you know, just trying to stay under, uh, under the radar as long as possible, right? Because, you know, uh, I, mean, I mean, companies that probably had some great potential, but, you know, didn't really stay under the radar long enough. The competitors started to come in a lot faster, right? To try and you know uh, attack your market potential market share or whatever you know awareness that you were trying to create with this new product, and 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 that kind of hinders your focus and uh, as well. That becomes that's definitely one of the challenges, isn't it? I think yeah. Is it? I I always find it very interesting that there's some companies that have produced a product or a service or an app or whatever that anybody else, any big organization possibly could have copied if they saw it coming. But for either they saw it coming and didn't bother competing or they just didn't see it coming. And I'd be interested to know how often it's one of the two. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, even like, you know, with TikTok going, yeah. going with the acquisition to Microsoft announced today. Yeah. Like my, TikTok's been going for nearly a decade, but it kind of where was it until this year, last year? Like where you know it kind of really sprung out of nowhere, and it, and how did that not get either acquired real super early by someone like Facebook or just replicated really early by someone like Facebook? Yeah, I mean, I can tell you a little bit about TikTok because ironically, you know. You know, we were working with them like over two years ago when nobody else was. We were like one of their early beta partners for 
for the advertising side of the business mm. that that live. But you know, the, yeah, one of the reasons uh, you know, you know, with TikTok, um, like you said, you know, you know, people just didn't take it seriously, right? Like oh, this short form video, this this company from China, are they really gonna? But what they didn't realize was that they had deep pockets, right? So they were willing to lose a ton of money to try and create market share. And the other thing, you know, you know, people didn't realize is how did they end up becoming so big? I, I tell you how they became big because they were spending a ton of money on all the existing social networks that were out there, like Facebook and Snapchat and Google. So they basically built, you know, so, so all of these companies, I mean, I mean, are smart enough to know that, hey, this person's spending a ton of money. I love the money. Let's keep taking the money without really thinking about, hey, this is a Trojan horse that we're basically letting into, the, letting into our ecosystem. And they're basically a sh a, a, a sh a shifting our users over to their platform. You know, <laughs> and, and this you know, <laughs> genius. I mean, that's 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 literally the way startups work. You know, you got to try and stay under radar as long as possible, and and ultimately you got to create this facade where you know you where, where you just stay visible to to the with big businesses. That I mean, there's so many different stakeholders that you ultimately are just feeding into one side of that business that wants that to to hit their goals, which is making advertising revenue. So people that on Facebook and Google that knew about this were happy just to keep quiet because it was helping them hit their goals, right? Because they were spending billions a year. And, you know, the, you know, the reason behind Microsoft ultimately, you know, uh, trying to acquire TikTok is because obviously there's a lot of political stuff that's mm. going on because it's a Chinese company and, and, you know, at least here in the U S you know, U S is a huge market that they want to bet on. And, and there's and there's potential risks that they could get banned from here, just like some other countries. So, you know, it's 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 better to to try and sort of maybe split up that company and 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 be and and have an, a majority U.S. company owning that. So then it then it provides then then it changes the the narrative where hey, there's this Chinese company that's coming into the U.S. and to hey, now it could be a potential. U.S. company, where if we if we go after this company, hundreds hundreds of thousands of people could lose their jobs. Right? That's a whole different narrative mm -hmm. when it comes to a presidential election versus hey, we're going to attack this company because it's Chinese and it's trying to spy on us or whatever. Right? So so a lot of it's political, and I think Microsoft's actually benefited from that. Right? Because the, yeah. the, the, the truth is TikTok didn't want to be sold. Right? Because because no. you know I mean they're like the biggest valued startup out there. But it, like you say, it was it's either you go exit or yeah. you almost go home because India banned yeah. it, and then if the yeah. states banned it, you yeah. your market's really yeah. really screwed. <laughs> you so. are, and 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 the other thing, you know, uh, one thing I've come to realize is, you know, it's always good to have some conspiracy theories. You know, people people don't like it, but it's true. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, ultimately you got to follow the money and connect the dots. So you know, I mean. I mean, I'm just brainstorming with you right now, but but I know Microsoft hires a ton of people in India, and 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 they're a big contributor to to the Indian economy. So potentially, if TikTok belongs to Microsoft, are they going to go after TikTok as hard as they're going after it when it does it belong to Microsoft? Because there could be some blowback there to to the Indian government too, right? It's it's just like a game of chess, you know. It's, it's when you start connecting the dots, right? Yeah.
And it's interesting. I think it's an interesting evolution of Microsoft to go yeah. into that kind of purchase. Yeah. Because, you know, other than kind of like LinkedIn, they haven't really gone down that route. You know, Zuckerberg and Facebook have bought everything else. So it's quite interesting to see Microsoft go, you know, taking a completely different angle because I don't think it, I don't think generally it really fits um, in the mind. Like you think Microsoft, you don't really think youth TikTok, do you? <laughs> so no, quite, no, quite... yeah, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, for the most part, Microsoft has always been focused on business to business, right? Uh, and um, you now LinkedIn obviously was kind of a purchase into, but it was still focused on the professional uh, yeah. development sort of area. This is like a, like a whole new sort of, you know, going, you know, going out of their core thing. But the other thing that, that they're thinking about and everybody else is probably thinking about is the users that are on TikTok right now are kind of ripe because they ultimately it's, it's the next generation of, of consumers, right? If you can get to them early and you can start influencing them, you know, you know, then it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a good opportunity where, where you could build that loyalty with that audience, you know, for the years to come. I'm not sure if you know about, you know, you know, another strategy that Apple did early in the day to grow was that they, you know, they, they got, they, they got integrated into the education systems where they started giving their, you know, their, 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 their computers to, 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 to the different schools so that kids started learning. So a lot of kids here, you know, kind of grew up using, use, using the Macs instead of the PCs. And so ultimately what's happened, you know, ultimately when they went to work, I mean, all these companies have now primarily have taken, you know, gravitate towards Macs instead of P. So, so it's playing the long game. It's playing the long game, but it's a strategic thing. And I think it's the same thing that Microsoft's trying to do with TikTok because these are going to become the next, you know, because you're trying to ultimately figure out, you know, with business, you know, the good thing with, with business is that, you know, it's exciting, but there's, there's really no end game unless you run out of money, right? <laughs> because cause even if you get acquired, I mean, I mean, it keeps going, uh, you know, it just takes a different form. And, and so, you know, it, you know, ultimately the businesses that, that become successful are the ones that really figure out how, how to keep staying in the game. You yeah, know. Simon Sinek talked a lot yeah. about you know the infinite game and the, end, yeah. the companies that end up dying try yeah. to play a finite game and it's not a finite yeah. game. And you look at the the yeah. ones that have gone on and on and on. Like you look at like J.P. Morgan and and big yeah. institutions like that have, that have lasted decade after decade after decade after decade is because they're playing the long game. Yeah. It's how do we keep handing the baton yeah. over rather yeah. than how do we try to be a supernova? Yeah. Because there's only one way down, right? You see it with global economies and you see it with yeah. corporations that they go up and then they don't know where they where where to go and it fizzles out and someone else comes and takes takes their lunch away because they stop investing as well. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, and and and, and you know, I think the the last point that you made there is really important, which is I mean, a lot of these big companies do invest or have, you know, um, you know, uh research and development, but the difference is you know, and I'll give you a good, you know, I'll give you an example because I've worked in startups is that, you know, when you're working in startup, you're so desperate because you don't even know if, if, if the lights are going to stay on the next day. So, so you're literally working long, crazy hours, but, but primarily 
you're working like your life depends on this thing to work out versus if you're doing research and development in a big company, you come in at nine, you take your lunch breaks, you leave at five because you know you're still going to get that paycheck the next day or, or, or the next month, right? And, and so generally, the, you know, the level of innovation is, is so much different, right, between, you know, doing it in a, in a safe environment versus doing it in a high-risk environment, which is why, you know, uh, you know, a lot of startups end up getting acquired, which ends up becoming like a successful exit. And I've been part of these too, because ultimately, you know, you, you're trying to solve one problem that, you know, the big company isn't, isn't, isn't really focused on, but ultimately could become valuable to a, to, to a bigger company. Cause you know, would, would, you know, the benefits of, of being in a big company is, is a safe corporate environment. But the downside is that it takes a long time to make decisions and, and pivot and, and changes. It's and, fear and, as well. There's it's fear. It's fear. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, 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 you don't want to be like, you know, the person who could kind of be the hero, but, but could also be, you know, the, uh, the zero too. Right? <laughs> could. Uh, I see with the big organizations quite often is, yeah. um, they they don't want to cannibalize their existing business and so therefore don't yeah. don't develop the solution that might cannibalize but they'll let someone else get down the road develop yeah. the solution that will cannibalize it to the point where they either go out of business or they have to buy the other business That's they right. could have they could have developed the solution themselves in-house yeah. sooner yeah you know, I, i've so many times on these kind of conversations people yeah. like that come up right develop yeah. digital photography yeah pursue it and then go yeah. out of business to digital photography that kind of thing happens so frequently um and it's just because of that i think it's the shareholder mentality we don't want to eat yeah. our own lunch there's risk blah, yeah blah, blah. yeah but you end up in that position eventually anyway you do and 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 i would say you know you know the biggest thing um you know uh the biggest thing that sort of encourages that mindset is really you know, when you're a public company, you know, you, you basically have to do quarterly earnings, right? Where you have to, you know, um, you know, share how the business is doing. And so if you, if, if, if you really focus a lot on the long term, then, then and, and, and you have, you know, a couple of consecutive quarterly earnings that don't look good your share price will start to tank. And then, and, 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 and a lot of people that work, work in these companies, you know, you know, a lot of the value of the business is really based on the share price to, to what you're saying, rather than the true in, in, intrinsic value of what the business is really generating or what it could potentially generate, you know, and, 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 you know, the good and bad is that generally, you know, a lot of people that work in these big companies, if, you know, have, some form of a compensation tied to those the the stock price. If the stock price starts to come down, you're going to end up losing people too, and they can just go and go work for somebody else, right? So, so, so there's a lot of things that sort of goes into that short-term thinking, unfortunately. And so, but that's and, where the and a lot of the investment. I think it was eighty percent in the S and P five hundred is yeah. big institutional investment. So, and they're yeah. on a short-term yeah. return expectation. You know, the fund managers are targeted yeah. on their annual uh, returns bonuses yeah. yeah exactly so and they yeah. and the people that they're managing the money for are expecting you know x yeah. percent growth year yeah. on year so, that, so there is a very short termist that it what is really what really feeds the business innovate or lack of innovation and the short termist view from business is really that in, in the investor demand for growth <laughs> ironically 
you want yeah <laughs> in which you could potentially get greater growth with a yeah. more long-term view if you did a warren buffett style approach that, that that's right yeah i mean uh, and and so you know that's that's where the the exciting opportunity is for anyone you know who wants to be a founder you know you know or 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 be or go work in a startup is that you know that is that is that you know there's always going to be opportunity where you know where things could actually work out because of the short term mindset that a lot of the big companies take and so the only way that they can you know pivot and 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 find that next area of growth is to acquire a company because ultimately they're acquiring the technology and 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 acquiring a fully functional business that that they never really had the infrastructure to or i wouldn't say the infrastructure but they never really had the the the, the same level of motivation to do it themselves right and sometimes, sometimes better for them yeah. just to pay pay more at a yeah. later stage than buy yeah. the whole buy the solution in yeah the, the unknown investment to grow it from from seed yeah i mean another example not not that i've ever tried to build my own house you know i mean generally you, when you buy a house you you buy one that's sort of already there right yeah. but, but 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 i'm sure you could probably do it a little bit cheap if you if you wanted to try and build it yourself but but the truth is do you have the patience to do that right you know and and so a lot of you know and and same thing with you know you know what you know, uh, you know, one of the best ways to to get acquired is ultimately you just become a big and en- big enough nuisance to the big company, right? So, so then they just want to take you out, right? This is true. But let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's let's talk about some like practical advice yeah. and your guidance through the startup. And, and I think, you know, one of the questions I've got and where this generally fits in, I'll let you decide. But where when is it good? When is it a good idea to seek? funding you know how far do you bootstrap and do i think some companies have moved very quickly in the last 10 or 20 years or whatever to funding probably sooner than they needed to but it became a thing that yeah it was a prestigious thing that we got vc rather than needing it and, and sometimes that can be detrimental I, i'd imagine yeah i mean the idea is um you you want to try to hold off funding until you actually have something that's viable, like a product or service. And so you want to try to bootstrap your way into at least a concept of something that's a prototype uh, that, that somebody can actually take a look at. Because what happens then is that it changes the valuation that somebody will invest into you versus if you just show somebody something on paper that, Hey, I have this great idea. And, and, and so it's more like take, taking a bet on a vision versus something that's very, at least, you know, a little bit, you know, more, uh, flat, uh, functional or that people can relate to. Uh, and, you know, the idea is, you know, once, once you have something and, you know, you want to try to like create a minimal viable product and, and, and try to get something, where you can sort of prove that that you know people are willing to either invest time or money for that product or service. That's that's the one of the you know the the true validations that the product has some some legs, and and then you know the you know that's that's time when you want to probably try to go and start talking to some VCs, but generally VCs are only going to be interested in something for the most part if it's going to ha- if it's going to be if it's going to have a large total addressable market mm-hmm. you know where where you know i mean i mean i mean you could have a great product but if if there's only like 
you know, uh, a thousand people that might find it interesting, it might not, it's not going to be interesting to, uh, to a VC versus something that could have, you know, uh, millions of people that are interested because then they know that, you know, the, because they're always thinking about the end game. Like if I'm putting this money in, you know, you know, how long will it take for us to, to get a meaningful share here, you know, uh, that, that will, that will intrinsically increase the value of the business. So, so it's either going to take one, one or two exits where it could either get acquired or it could end up going IPO. And, and, you know, the other thing that I would say is, you, you know, ideally, you know, when you do raise money, keep in mind that you want to try to raise enough money that gives you some runway so you don't have to go back and raise money for at least 18 to 24 months. The problem being, because it's a distraction, raising money, I've been part of this, you know, and, and what happens is you're kind of doing this dog and pony show, right? For And, and it's, I guess it's kind of like dating because you're trying to sort of speed date to getting married as quickly as possible. But, 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 but you know, I mean, I mean you're, you, you, you're going you're to get rejected along the way, right? <laughs> and so, you know, uh, you know you've you got you to keep dusting yourself off and doing that while at the same time you've got to make sure – that the business doesn't lose focus and, and, and keeps executing because ultimately, you know, you know, pe when people do, you know, in, invest in you, it's not only that somebody says, hey, you know, I want to invest in you. Then they go through this whole series of due diligence where it's going to distract, where people are going to come in and do their forensic, you know, accounting to check out that you that what you're saying is true. Interview all, all your key stakeholders in the business, and so you you, you know you basically you know it's going to cause a, a distraction. But the idea is, you know, in order to avoid that, you know, you want to try to raise enough. And so part of, part of that clearly comes down to having, you know, uh, I mean, I mean you know, you, I mean, everybody will come up with a business plan and the truth is the business plan is going to pivot and change, but you want to at least come up with something where you can project out what your financials could be more importantly in terms of like, you know, what, how you, you know, when you take the money, how are you going to use it? And, and what is your burn rate going to be? Cause your burn rate pretty much dictates how long that money is going to last. Right. And so, you know, you know, I, you know, as humans, we always sort of, you know, um, overestimate what we could do in like a year and underestimate what we could do in five years. Right. And so, you know, it's always good to, you know, um, make sure that you have a couple of different like people, you know, reviewing all of those numbers because, because as founders and, and it's true as a founder, you've got to be the biggest optimist that you believe in what's going to happen, but you also got to, you know, it, it's hard for you to be the pessimist. So you got to have somebody who can come in and, and, and kind of give you that view as well. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Cause yeah. you know, you, when it's your baby and your idea, yeah. you're going to be sure it's going to be a, a supernova for for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about, what about the, you know, the practicalities of growing? I know we're, we're running low on a bit of time here now. Yeah. But, um, how do, what about the practicalities of growing and getting, and getting a team? How do you, how do you go about finding good people? Yeah, you know, so so what I would say, you know, you know, um, you know, to 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 become a successful startup, ultimately it comes down to, you know, solving a problem that um, that that you know that 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 a lot of people can relate to, and so you know, having a great product service 
can can make a big difference or or having the ability to iterate that product service so that you know it continues to improve and and could and you know uh so for a founder you know in order to try and you know get a get a you know or or to to get a you know a great team one of the best ways you can do that is by hiring some some really smart people because ultimately smart people know other smart people and, and so what happens is you know uh and the most people that join startups, you know, you know, part of it is they're joining because they believe in in, 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 in in the vision of where the company's doing and, and what it's look and where it's looking to go. But but the other part is most people join because they want to work for someone that they can learn something from. And so if you bring in, you know, if you're able to attract some some really smart people that primarily have done this before, then you know then they're going to have a network of people that will prob they will probably bring along with them, and and or you know you know when you when you put the the positions out there, other people will want to come and work for those folks. So they end up becoming like the magnet for attracting talent. At the end of the day, you know you have like so, a core like a core team, I guess. You got the founder yeah. and you did it, like you said earlier, maybe there's you've got the kind of the the business guy and the yeah. technical guy. I assume you want a, a numbers guy, <laughs> you want or girl, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the same, and 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 your like you were saying, your area is very much around the, the growth. Yeah, growth and marketing. Yeah. So ideally, you you know, um, you know, in the team, you know, you, you know, you definitely want you know somebody who knows technology and you know uh, has has engineering. You want somebody who knows product really well. You want somebody who knows the numbers and finance. You know that that's important. And um, you're somebody who knows operations and customer service and 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 and, and or distribution and and or depending on how what kind of product or service that, that you're trying to build. And then um, you know, and, and and then depending on like if it's B two B, then you probably want somebody who's who who can sort of build that pipeline of sales, right? So a sales person. And and if it's more of a business to consumer, then uh, you know having you know, someone like me, you know, heads up like growth can, can, can sort of manage that entire sort of funnel of, of building the direct consumer business for you. Nice. Um, any last tips before I give you the quick fire, which will need to be quick fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, any other tips for anyone who's like either, you know, joining an early stage found, um, startup or uh, an early stage uh, founder? The best tip is never give up. You know, it's like anything. You know, you know, you know. Just um, you know, it, it, it. I mean, I mean, it. I mean, startups are challenging, but but a lot of it really comes down to perseverance and endurance. You know, if you know, if as long as you don't give up, and 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 when you run into problems, try to figure out ways either to get around it or or or, or through it. You know, it, and, and I think a lot of that really comes from just surrounding yourself with good people, whether it's people that you end up, I mean, it's really important to hire good people. But beyond that, you know, it's, it's, it's good to try and keep a network of other, you know, just, you know, you know, talking to other founders that have kind of been on that journey because, you know, you can kind of, you know, I mean, you'd be surprised, but a lot of them want to try to like, you know, 
um, put their hand out and pull others along, you know, so, so you can definitely learn, learn from that. The other thing you can do is try to bring in some advisors into your business too. You know, it, it, it doesn't cost a lot to do that. You could give them a little bit of equity. You don't have to give a lot, but, but the wisdom that they can bring again can help attract you bringing in the right people to fill in the gaps as your company continues to scale and grow. But, you know, I, I would say to make, you know, beyond that, always try to be data driven because 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 you know everybody have different opinions but but if you if you truly believe that the data is right then 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 then, then it kind of uh you know removes a lot of kind of you know uh needless arguments that can happen like hey should we be going left or right because because if you trust the data then the data is going to tell you where you want to go and just make sure you always focus on the customer you know the customer feedback is really important you know uh and you know the companies that have, that have really done well have, have always been obsessed about their customer and obsessed about hiring a high caliber of talent you know to early on in the business and um and now, you know, and, and the reason why I wrote my book, Lean Startup, is, you know, the biggest way for companies to grow now is, is, is how to leverage your, your, your data, your customer data as your superpower. Because now companies are inundated with so much data. If you have the right infrastructure in place uh, and, and leverage AI and automation, you don't have to hire a lot of people to try and, you know, you know, uh, go, you know, go through all this data and, and, and tell you what it means because AI is, can, can surface a lot of those insights for you and, 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 and be able to make in real time, help you to make the right decisions to continue to pivot and grow the business in terms of, you know, who's the right customers you want to be attracting, what are the right personalization hooks you want to create in your product that keep them around. And, and also, you know, um, you know, what are the right ways to monetize these customers? Cause, cause some people, you know, you know, you could monetize by with creating a subscription service. Some could be where, you know, they're, they're making purchases in the product. Another thing could be where it's advertising, but generally it's never just one or the other. It's usually a hybrid and, and, and then more that you have with AI and, 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 and with automation, the, the great thing about automation is it, it enables you to stay lean as long as possible as a startup. Cause, cause if you can automate a lot of tasks and processes when it comes to ex executing against the, the, the greater business plan that you have, the, the less you end up burning, right? And, and, and the less you end up burning, the less you're going to have somebody putting a bigger and bigger gun against your head that, Hey, we need, we, we need, we need to get to that safety box and open it up. You sooner, right? That's the thing, right? I mean, I mean, you know, the less money you raise, the smaller that gun is against your head. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. There's definitely the more you've got riding, then obviously the greater the pressure is going to be, and the, the yeah for everyone concerned. Yeah, uh, and the AI stuff, I'm I'm fascinated with, and we should definitely uh, do a follow up on this and really yeah. go into go deep into how do early stage companies leverage AI because it's something that it hasn't really been around until now right so it's really hitting its stride now yeah and 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 that's what i really encourage you know you know this is this is probably the best time to 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 start a business because the cost to do it is is so much lower as far as you know ai you know 
can can really become your superpower because because it can, you know it's the cost to access AI isn't as as expensive as people think now you know because there's so much more computing power that's out there a lot of a lot of your data lives on the cloud and you know it's it you know it's it's, it's just a matter of um, you, you know f for me you know the the biggest benefit a company has starting now versus starting five years ago is 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 is, is the level of tech stack that you can use now right and and and, and, you, and you're not bolted to this legacy tech stack which mm. end up coming in your technical debt at the end because it's like you're carrying this backpack of all these like old bad code you know that slows you down versus you know you're starting out now you like you know the, the new kid on the block you're basically putting on the best trainers to run the race from this point forward versus trying to run with those old Nike Air or whatever. It's <laughs> yeah. a good analogy, yeah, because yeah. You, so many businesses end up getting crippled not too far down the line because yeah. the, the technical infrastructure is already yeah. way dated. But yeah. They don't, have the, they don't have the funding or the ability to then change it or the pain of going through that change. It's That's real the, yeah, and, and, and so what happens is generally – you know, they they end up just bearing through with that old because ultimately, you know, as, as you start raising more money, then it becomes a you know the clock is ticking, right? So do you want to go back and fix the old code, or do you want to keep building on that? And that's what people end up doing. They keep building on that. So it's like, for example, you've broken your leg, and I, and I did break my leg playing football, but 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 you never really let it fully heal. Then you're going to keep like limping your way through life, right? <laughs> This is it's true. See, you know, like, there's there's patch built on patch built on patch, yeah. and yeah. then at some point you go to try and do uh, some kind of change and innovation, yeah. and it wipes the whole thing out. Because That's no right. One, no one knows where the ball of wool starts. That's right. It's like like the house of cards, right? It just takes one little card at the top. <laughs> yeah. So true. Right? Do you have do you have two minutes for the the quick fire? I do, yeah. Do I it. want to be part of this. I don't want to miss out. <laughs> so, number one, do you have a morning routine? And if so, what does it look like? You're clearly up fairly early. Yeah. So, 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 so my morning routine consists of having a good cup of tea to start off with. And um, I, out of Britain. I, I do, yeah. You know, you know, I always have my good English breakfast tea. Uh, and then I like to um, generally, like generally when I wake up, you know, I try to like um, – do some visualization in my mind. You know, I'm, I'm always trying to like, um, you know, uh, uh, start the day thinking positively and, 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 and trying to make sure that the energy around me, you know, is, is, is positive. And, and, and that comes from, you know, just, um, just, just um, saying some positive affirmations to myself. And then, you know, I try to like read, you know, a, a couple of articles, you know, uh, usually around, you know, um, leadership or something inspiring you know just just to get me started you know i have my cup of tea i try to do some i always love to exercise it's just become a habit for me uh and and, and while i'm exercising i generally try to like watch a youtube video or listen to a podcast again you know just trying to feed my mind what what what, what i've don't do and and I haven't done for a long time is watch the news. I don't like watching news because there's just a lot of negativity out there. So you know, I try to I, I try to filter what goes in my mind, especially early on. You know, uh, and then I try to do the same thing like winding down at the end of the day as well. You know, I try to like you know 
just try to try to reflect back on hey you know what went well and 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 even if something didn't go well i try to reflect like if i had you know a chance to do over what might have i done differently just to try and you know um uh course correct and 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 end the day not beating myself up but ending the day like what did i learn from today you know but the, but the other thing i always try to do in the morning and and in the evening is just to be grateful that i'm even around because you know in this crazy day you, you know we played the game of human tag you don't know who's tagging you and, and, and that could be like game over with COVID 19. so i i i you know i mean i'm, I'm just super grateful and it's not grateful about you know all, all the material things. I'm just grateful that I'm still breathing, right? That's, that's the most important thing, right? Well, that's um, the starting point because if that, yeah, stops, that's right. I mean, everything else. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, maybe some people will just, you know, want me dead to so just enjoy the inheritance. But for me, I want to stay alive and <laughs> just try, try to enjoy enjoy life as long as possible. <laughs> I love that, I, and definitely, uh, I stopped. I stopped watching the news a couple of years ago, two or three years yeah. ago. I used to start yeah. every day watching the news, and I used to end every day watching the news. Yeah, and you realise that it's just it's negativity, and what goes in, yeah, influences you so greatly as to how you feel about the world, other people, and if you can cut that crap out. And now yeah. I just, you know, I, I now I just glance at headline financial headlines or something that might affect the yeah. markets and that kind of stuff but uh, other than that that's yeah. the same narrative day in day out one yeah. day one day the world's going to end the next day it's yeah. going to be okay and it's just yeah you're going to take it all with a pinch of salt and uh you'll, you'll always be people say oh how, how do you end up being aware of what's going on well because when something big enough happens everyone else yeah. talks about it anyway so that's you don't, right you don't need to be that well informed yeah and, and and the truth is you know it's like even if you're informed of something happening how much are you going to be able to change it for the most part Absolutely. you know yeah. and and so you know the other thing and, and this is the way i sort of build like different ai models is ultimately you know ai models and human intelligence is kind of the same thing it's a matter of like inputs and what are the outcomes that you're trying to get to right and 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 if you start obsessing so much about the outcomes you can't really influence the outcomes because that's that's really a, a a product of what's really going to go in yeah that's where i try to focus on the inputs which is like you said you know it, it's like the inputs you know for you or for us or anyone any human it really starts with what are you feeding into your mind and what are you feeding into your body right you know so that's what you can control you know you know and 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 if you if you if you focus on that then the outputs will take care of itself, right? But but and the other thing that I've come come to learn too is 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 trying to grow my patience. You know, that's something that I, yeah, I you and me both. <laughs> yeah, it's it. You know, that that's that's a day long habit. You know, I've, I've got I've gotten better at it. But but the truth is, you know, uh, going back to you know what, uh, just just myself, but 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 I see this with a lot of people. It's generally the impatience that kills you more than anything else. It's like you know, instead of trying to like, you know, uh, play the long game, you, you try to do things, you know, uh, like like make bad investments or you know, you know, you know, bad decisions. Just you know, along the way, it's, instead of just being patient. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, I mean, I mean, just if you just put some money in the stock market and just left it there, right? I mean, for the most part, it would be worth more than, you know. I think it's why take it in and out, in out. Average of seven percent return annually. Right. Yeah. Seven thousand five hundred, yeah. and everyone's trying yeah. to beat the market. I was just 
go with I know. it. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I, I, mean, I mean, another thing is like, you know, like, like, like you can relate to this too, right? I mean, just driving in traffic where you're always trying to like cut someone over, but then when you realize you, you barely save like a minute and a half on your trip by the end, right? You know, it just felt good in the moment, but yeah, but you're exhausted by the end. That's right. You're mentally like drained and you like, whoo, I I could have been like, you know, my last car ride, right? (laughs) But to save one minute, it's absolutely, yeah, you're right. It's crazy. We do. I think it's because we do this, this, false sense of, of control and we want that's what it is it's control and it's nonsense yeah, yeah i know i know uh three books you'd recommend and why so uh the, these are books that have really influenced me you know one is you know how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie you know that was a good one um i love that book. the other one the other book you know um start with why by simon sinek you know i think that's a really good book because it kind of helps you to really figure out you know what's really going to motivate and drive you and then, you know, I'm going to put this one in there because um, it's um, the lean startup for any, you know, any, you know, any, you know, anyone that's really interested in startups, you know, you know, the lean startup uh, by Eric Reese was, a, is a great book because it really helps you to really think about, you know, um, you know, how, how, how to test, learn and iterate your way to a great product. And, and, and obviously the other reason for that is that, you know, my, you know, my, my book is the next iteration of the lean startup, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good tactic. I, I like that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, three people uh, to follow or listen to. So um, I think a lot of people probably know Jay Shetty, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, I know, you know, he obviously is, is, is back from England as well, but, but I've been following him, you know, uh, primarily like he's one of the podcasts I'll listen to when I'm working out because for the most part, he's, you know, you know, you know, it's all about, um, positivity. Uh, another one, um, you know, I, I never really grew up watching too much of like Oprah Winfrey show, but, but the thing is she has a really good podcast now, you know, she does a lot of like kind of, kind of, you know, mindfulness and spirituality things. So, so I like listening to her and, and there's, you know, there's another one um, that I listen to um, and his name is Joe Olstein. So he, so he's a pastor here. Um, it, you know, it's, it's a big, um, it, it, um, he's pretty well known um, um, as, as a Christian pastor, but, but, but his messages are generally, you know, rather than being like, you know, kind of hardcore biblical, it's more like, you know, put into like everyday speak, which which, right. which is easy for people to to understand. Which is kind of, I I always liked um, Jim Rohn for his interpretation yeah. around those ways as well, and um, and I've mentioned Alan Watts loads yeah. of times because he I, he was one of the best for me of ever being able to distill all of the spiritual teachings into yeah plain understandable english you go oh yeah it makes complete sense now (laughs) coded the whole thing (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i mean uh, you know know, people read the bible you could you could learn a lot there right (laughs) i mean yeah but it's it it, it, that's the thing i think i think the the with a lot of the like uh religious text it gets shunned because it's religious text yeah actually it's a a lot of it is just a handbook for how to live and how to treat other people. Yeah. And, and, and how to get what you want and how to, you know, all of the yeah. stuff. It's like, it's really a manual for operating this system. Uh, that's right. Yeah. And it gets muddled up within all of the, the dogma, I think, which is part yeah. of why so people 
so many people these days kind of shun it and say, oh, it's not relevant yeah. anymore. But actually, you can, you, like you just say, you can learn an awful lot from that stuff. Yeah. Like they say, it always takes people to, to, to manipulate something. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, three habits or disciplines that you've adopted in your life that you think have made a big difference to you? So, so I would, you know, you know, kind of go back to kind of my routine, you know, I mean, for me, uh, you know, you know, just, just filtering what goes in my mind is really important. So, you know, uh, you know, the habit of, of just, just, just make sure that, you know, um, that I'm reading good, you know, good positive things that I'm listening to good positive things that I try to, you know, take, take some time out to, to, to at least visualize and, you know, because ultimately, you know, uh, I feel that we are our own worst critics, you know, and, and, so if, and, and that's true for me, like, I'm generally hardest on myself. So what I've, you know, what I've tried to do is, is, is to try and sort of become my best cheerleader as well, you know, and, 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 and then the other thing, I think it's really important to live kind of a healthy lifestyle. The truth is, you know, I mean, all of us have these like, uh, like genetic, things that we can't control but what we can control is 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 how we choose to 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 live uh for ourselves right in terms of like exercise and and and, and eating healthy i mean for me you know you know that's that that's something that i've done from a really young age and i've continued to do that and i think it's really important because ultimately you know uh there's always going to be all different forms of stress that comes in life and and I just feel like, you know, you know, the better, the better that you're in tuned, like spiritually, physically, and emotionally, that the better you can withstand that. Right. And, and it, cause ultimately in, in life it's, you know, there's always high and low points. The question is that you need to learn to try and stay even keeled and, and, yeah. and not get carried away when things are great and not get so de- depressed when things are low, you know? True. Yeah. I completely agree. I think, um, a lot of people, you know, it's it's so easy now. There's so many temptations of crap, but I think you can if you can try and be eighty, ninety percent good, inverted commas, you know, yeah. eat good diet and stuff, yeah, and then enjoy yourself on the ten or twenty, yeah, it's far better. You know, if you if you're always just having whatever you fancy at the time, and you know, the one of the one of the lessons of this universe is you can have anything you want as long as you're prepared to pay the price. And that goes for taking the easy option. There's a price to pay, right? The same That's as you, right, yeah. You can, be, you can sit around and eat ice cream all day if you like, but there's a yeah. price to pay. Um, yeah. And you can be super fit, but there's a price to pay. So you've got to find what does your life look like and then and live in accordance of that. But yeah, you're right. I think you've got to try and look after. You only get one... I think Jim Rohn said, you yeah. only one, you've got nowhere else to live. You better look after this uh, one. <laughs> I know, I know. That's the thing. It's like, you know... Uh, <laughs> you know it whether you like it or not you know you, you can change this one you can either make it bigger or you can make it smaller right just based on how you how you treat it right so but true. but and, and 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 the other thing i try to like emphasize is that it doesn't matter how successful you become but if you don't you know if if if, if, you, if you don't feel if you're not healthy i mean you know you're not going to enjoy it right yeah this yeah. is true everything starts yeah. from yeah. from your health your physical health yeah. and your mental health and you've got to take the time to understand yeah. both i think that's what the other challenge is yeah. right? education yeah. in those areas is not great yeah and yeah. we're not as a species overly proactive in educating ourselves in those areas and so 
we just blindly follow the the marketing messages and all the other stuff and i think you've really got yeah. to take time to understand to a re to a to a, just a basic level really but health nutrition that kind of stuff yeah. will set you up yeah better. and one other thing that i would you know at least for me that's been really important is is to just just become better at being empathetic so by that what i mean is and i'm fortunate you know i mean i mean i mean you, you don't really realize this till you, till you move to the states but i mean for the most part you know um you know growing up in england you're pretty diverse i mean you're exposed to like different things you get to travel to europe and stuff like that i mean most people here don't even travel outside of the state let alone the cities you know i mean people people are a little bit more sheltered here and so so the the, the view of the world is different you know it's it's always about us in me right? yeah that's right and, and you know I, I think you know being empathetic can can help you stand out because ultimately you you know you're willing to listen and you're willing to um to 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 see things from other people's perspective versus just about you know seeing it from your own perspective so you know i think that can be you know you know it, it can really help ultimately if you know especially as you if you go higher up you know, in, you know, um, in your career, or if you try to build companies, because ultimately, to build a company, you can't have everybody think and and look like you and 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 do things like you. You got okay. you you got to bring a diverse set of skills and people in, and so being being empathetic will enable you to get the best out of the different people that you need to work with to ultimately get the mission done. Right? Because yeah. a business is a mission at the end of the day. You know? <laughs> So true. Uh, very, yeah. very wise words. Yeah. Three tools, systems, or apps, or services, whatever, um, that you now couldn't live without. So for me, you know, you know, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. You know, and and you know, part of it is just, um, you know, I think it's really important to to continue to invest in building your network because, you know, uh, and, and and what people don't realize is with, with LinkedIn, the more you actually, the, the more value that you put out there, the more people will, will want to follow you. And, and, and the more you, you become influential, right? Which helps me in, in, in a multitude of ways. But, but, but for me, you know, it, you know, you know, I just want to help people because, because ultimately I wouldn't be here if people didn't help me. Right. So it's, 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 it's a matter of giving back and, but, but it's also a matter of, um, you know, just connecting people, because even if I'm not, for example, hiring, you know, I, I always know other people that are hiring and, and, and it's good to just, you know, connect people to other people, right. And, and, and help them. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel, you know, in terms of systems, you know, as I mentioned, you know, just, just having good, good habits is, is really important. Uh, but also, um, you know, um, things that I like, you know, uh, you know, music and podcasts. So just having those apps, I think it's important, you know, in, I mean, in the old days, you, you had to literally go to libraries and read about this stuff. Now you you kind of got the world that can just come into come to you, right? So you know, there's a lot of like things out there that you don't necessarily need to pay for, but it's yeah. just a matter of just tapping into. But yet again, there's a lot of you know you you just got to you know just have have the wisdom to to figure out you know what's the right thing and what's the wrong thing. You've and then to, you've got to get good at filtering that's what you got to do that's the whole thing that 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 that, that that's the wisdom right it comes with filtering uh and you know the you know the other thing is um 
you're ultimately a product of the people that you hang around with, right? So, so that's important, you know, um, and, and it's not that, that, you know, that if you outgrow people that, that, that you're better than them, but the idea is, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, at least for me, you know, I always try to set goals and, and uh, where, where I, where it's not about being better than somebody else, but it's just, you know, it, it's just being a better version of myself every year and, and breaking that down into what can I do or this year that will help me to become, you know, better, uh, better in the sense like, you know, trying to learn something new, trying to be uncomfortable, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And it's not, and, 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 and people don't realize, but that's, that's the only way you can grow. It's, it's like going to the gym, unless you're really lifting weights that are heavier and, and, you're, and you're feeling the burn, you're not going to grow your muscles, right? Yeah. And the same thing with personal, you know, personally. So, you know, f- for me, it's always just set, you know, s- setting goals and, and, and always trying to learn new things, which is why I wrote the book too. I mean, I mean, it wasn't like I woke up and said, hey, I want to be an author when I was like, you know, but, 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 but. But what I came to realize was it gave me a, a better platform to impact more people because, you know, because I spoke at a lot of conferences and, and, and I noticed a lot of people were really interested in, in, in especially startups because, you know, with startups, you've got so many things against you. What can you do that can really kind of, kind of increase your odds of success? And, and, you know, I started advising a lot of companies and I thought, you know, but, but it still seems like, you know, you know, not enough people know about this and, you know, how, how can you kind of get the message out to, a, you know, a broader group, you know, subset mm-hmm. of people. And, and then, you know, uh, I mean, this may sound like a joke, but I can't live without a navigation either, right? <laughs> <laughs> you so, know, that's another very... Uh, very that stops, stops a lot of arguments with your spouses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, shout at the map reader anymore. There's someone else... That's- to do it that's for right. You. That's right. You, you know, it's like, yeah. You know. Oh, you. I, I don't know if you remember this. The old eighties A to Z books. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I remember. I had, uh, I had, a, I had a, a sales rep job years ago. Yeah. where it had to go across different different counties, and so you'd yeah. have A to Z for each county. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like God, I know, right? but, like God but, for digital systems. But that that was the manual, though, right? I mean, yeah. otherwise you would know how to get. I mean, but 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 yeah, like like I said, you know you know thank goodness somebody came up with a navigation right <laughs> yeah yeah definitely needed it for that last yeah. question uh, if you could spend an hour with anybody dead or alive who would it be you know that's a really good question and you, you know um, i mean for me you know one of the things you know i lost my dad when i was really young you know i was like um 17 going into 18 mm-hmm. um and so you know, obviously I didn't have a lot of time, you know, growing up and it wasn't like he and I would act close because I spent, you know, a good chunk of my time, I was able to get like a scholarship and go to boarding school. So I was away. Um, but, you know, looking back, you know, one thing, you know, I never grew up with either was, was my grandparent really getting to know my granddad grand, because they kind of passed away early. So, I mean, I mean, it, for me, it would be nice to, you know, if, if I had the opportunity to, to, to maybe spend some time, and uh, you know, with him, but more importantly, for my kids to really get to know him because they, they never knew who their granddad was. Mm, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my 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 mum's mum died before I was born, so I never got yeah. to meet her either, um, yeah. and that'd be interesting. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm sure because from the, you know basically the world's a whole different place now. It's kind of oh. like kind of like being in that time machine coming back. It, you know, yeah. it's like. Yeah. Like, I didn't think you were going to do anything with your life, but oh, well, well you yeah. didn't do too badly, right? Yeah, all right. Thanks, yeah. Dad. That's time to go now. Just wanted <laughs> you to see that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, where can people find you, Lomit? Yeah, best place to, to, to find me is on LinkedIn. You know, any, like, like I said, you know, any, anybody who reaches out to me or, or wants to connect, you know, connect with anyone, I'm happy, I'm happy to share uh, provide any advice you know if it's worth anything to anyone you know ask me a question i'll be happy to answer it and and then outside of that i have a blog which is pretty much my name lomitpatel.com you know i publish a lot of articles and stuff there so yeah, both those are really good places to 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 get in touch with me perfect well thank you very much for giving me time and uh, we'll definitely have to do a follow-up on uh, specifically on the book and how to yeah. how we can leverage ai because i think that'd be a great conversation Definitely. And I was going to say, you know, if, any, if anybody's interested in the book, you know, uh, Lean AI, Amazon's the best place to buy it. Cause yep. yeah. And I'll make sure there's a, when, when this goes yeah. live, there'll be a link yeah. uh, directly to that from, from my yeah. website as well. Okay. Lovely. Great. Perfect. Cheers, Lomit. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Cool. Thanks. Thanks.